I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. It's been forever. I know. Um, this is like, I feel like this Monday is like the real Monday of like everything. I feel like this Monday feels like work is starting. We're recording, for those listening, we're recording this on Monday the 9th. And I feel like today is like the day that like actual work of 2023 has started. Yeah. Wait, this is my first time seeing the imp- inside of your new apartment. It's so nice. You're literally just seeing a window behind it. But wait, look. It's so cute. It is really cute. Yeah, I really like it. You need stuff on your walls. I mean, they do have stuff on the walls. Like that. that's a TV. That's a piece of art. That's a TV. That's a piece of art. It's just this wall that's blank. Yeah. You need something behind you. I mean, there is a gorgeous a backyard. Color, a color pop. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's cute. No, it is cute. It is cute, but this room, yeah, the living room is like entirely like cream colored. And I had friends over. I made dinner. I made dinner like three nights ago for two of my friends and they came over and we were eating in here. And my friend was like, you're a real asshole for having a sit in your cream living room and serving red wine and like red sauce pasta. And I was like, Oh, that's really true. Sorry about that. That just like kind of remind me, reminded me of a traumatic memory. My, um, my grandmother, the one who I've told you about, I think before, who's like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs yeah, and yeah, we yeah. have matching tattoos and stuff. Um, so she, used to live in an apartment that was entirely white, black and white. But the chairs at her kitchen table or dining room table were white suede. That's dumb. That's like a dumb thing to have. Totally. Yeah. But anyway, I was like an eight-year-old visiting and ate a chocolate brownie (laughs) with chocolate (laughs) icing on it. And it just like... (laughs) But no. I was eating it, of course, it like drops like face down, icing side down on the no. suede. And yeah, and her scary husband yelled at me. It was it was really scary. <laughs> we always joke when like me and my me and my sister are the oldest grandkids on my mom's side of the family by like a good chunk of time. Like I think the next youngest after my sister is like 10 years younger than me. And oh wow. And so we were like the only little kids for a long time. And like we had, like, such strict, like, cleanliness rules at my grandparents' house. Like, we weren't allowed to eat outside of the kitchen. Like, we had to – like, when we were kids, they got all of the furniture reupholstered and they painted the walls. And, like, this is not – like, I feel like this is making it sound like we live in some, like, palatial mansion. This is just, like, a normal three-bedroom house in, like, suburban Rhode Island. Like, it's not like this was anything, like, super fancy, but they, like, painted the walls. And my grandfather <laughs> gave us a tutorial <laughs> of how to walk through the house to not, like, get the walls dirty and I was like, it was like, I just remember like doing it and being like 11 years old and being like, Grandpa, I understand the concept of like walking and not touching a wall. Like he was like, don't walk up the stairs and like run your hands up. And he was like, he wanted us to like, perf- he like showed us how to do that. And I was like, Grandpa, I know how to walk upstairs. Like, and then you could just say, don't touch the walls. But then when the next, like, when the next generation of grandkids, not generation, but like the next, like the second tier grandkids got born, like the ones that are like 10 years younger than the second tier. They, I mean, they don't remember the 90s. They don't remember 9 11. The they just wear a different flavor. I love them. I don't think any of them listen to this podcast, but um, like when they arrived, they were literally, literally given carte blanche to do whatever they want. Like they could brownie side down, like frosting side down a brownie <laughs> onto the chairs. And like it was like literally no issue at all. And me and my sister were like, you have no idea what we went through. They were encouraged to brownie side down. Absolutely. They were filth. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that wasn't the case. Even though I was one of the younger ones, I still got reamed for that. <laughs> I was scared. I ran away crying. I was like, the you specific, clean it. The specific like fear of when you do something bad as a kid, like the moment of time between when you do something bad and when you get caught, like where you're like, what if this is the thing that makes my parents kill me? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. or like when you would hear, like, do you remember? Like, there's something so animalistic about when you hear your parents like coming up the stairs for you. Like, you know what I mean? They're not actually, like, you know, like, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to not come from a background where I was going to get, like, the shit kicked out of me. Like, that wasn't, like, what my parents were going to do. But, like, when you fuck something up and then you heard your parents, like, angrily coming up the stairs, like, there was an animalistic fear that would, like, course through your body that was so like, this is how it intense. Ends. Like, so intense. 
Yeah, when I just remember when you were saying the fingers up the wall thing that another thing I did as a kid was I dressed up one Halloween for like um as like a Dalmatian because that was one like 101 Dalmatians. Classic. Had, classic. Was a thing and I was obsessed as a kid with that movie. Like the Glenn Close and, one? Or the animated? The animated. Okay. I just was obsessed with it. But I had like um I had a like, you know, the black spots all over me, like you know, on my face with face paint yeah, 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 and yeah. one of them was on my nose and I was at my friend's house. Wait, I see where this is going and it's bad. Yeah. So we were at my friend's house and we were playing like tag or something Okay. and we all are like, whatever, we're, we're hanging out afterward and her mom comes down and she was like, somebody got black on our wall. Who was oh, it? Oh no. And I knew it was me. I think looking back, I think I knew that I had done it, but I was like, I'm not Wait, that's so upsetting. So I was like, I didn't do it. And then she looks at me and she's like, well, what happened to the spot that was on your <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just like, I guess I had like, when God. I was playing tag, like just con up against the wall. And like my nose just completely smudged onto the this wall. This is but- like, I feel like I, it's, I, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast before, which is wild. Cause I used to tell this story all the time. But, like, my mom, when before my parents split up, my mom was, like, one of those parents that was, like, very, like, because she was a stay-at-home mom, like, she would be, like, do you remember how, like, there were the moms that would, like, come in and help, like, set up the holiday parties and stuff like that or, like, birthday parties? Like, at school? Like, at school when you were, like, in elementary school. Like, do you remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom was, like, one of those moms. And I remember. Like, the class mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, do you remember, like, did you do the thing in school where you would like everyone brought valentines on valentine's day and like you'd have like your mm-hmm. themed valentines like shrek or whatever but like <laughs> yeah so we had that in- did you have the shrek one well no i definitely didn't because this story took this this happened when i was in the first grade which was in like 1990 like it was before shrek for sure um like knowing me i was very obsessed with power rangers and sailor moon those were my big things when i was little so sailor moon and because i'm a boy it was probably i probably didn't buy the sailor moon stuff i just watched it religiously um because gender is crushing. Anyway, I yeah. so I was watching. Anyway, so <laughs> my mom was in school for the Valentine's Day thing, and like, remember how it was like? It wasn't actually like it was it, Valentine's Day when you're a little kid is so stupid because it's like you give every single kid a Valentine. And it's like there's nothing about romance or like individual like attraction. It's like which like obviously there shouldn't be. You're like five, but it's like why does every kid <laughs> have to give every kid Valentine's Day stuff? It's like so. It's just like such a waste of money. It's so stupid. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. I, we didn't do it at my elementary school because. I went to a Jewish elementary school and they were like, it's St. Valentine's Day. We don't do it here. Oh, I literally like, so did not even know it's a Christian holiday. Okay. So I think it, I mean, we, no, I guess that makes sense. It. It's St. Valentine. So anyway, so we would like, we were doing that. And I remember someone else had, someone had brought in cupcakes. Like one of the moms had brought in these cupcakes and they were like these giant cupcakes with um, pink frosting oh on them. Hold on one Hey guys, we're in the middle of a recording. Oops. I'm sorry. What was that? People being rude. Oh, and loud. there's just like I just don't think they realized I was recording, so I just wanted to let them know. Gotcha. Um, okay. Oh, yeah? So one of the moms had made these like giant um pink cupcake frost like with frosting situations, and I I was like, I don't, I like remember I was like trying, I felt overwhelmed by how much stuff was on my desk between like the cupcake and all the candy and all the, the, um, Valentine's that I've been given. And I was like trying to like organize it all. And then, and so I was like moving stuff around. And then at one point, like I went to walk across the room to like go, I don't know, give someone a Valentine or something. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. the entire room like broke out into like hysterics of like, Oh my God, Oh my God. And then I, and I didn't realize it was like about me. And then all of a sudden my mom like ran up and I had, I guess like when I was rearranging my desk in like the overwhelm, I had put the cupcake on my chair to like get it out of the way for a second <laughs> and then like forgot. And so then I was sitting in this like giant cupcake of like pink frosting and white cake. 
And then I like walked across the room with like this cake frosting ass. And then like my <laughs> mom, like my mom like and just went into like full mom mode and was like, oh my God. And I think probably was honestly worried that I like ruined these like khaki pants I was wearing. So then like in front of the entire class is like scooping frosting off my ass and like getting a wet towel and like wiping my like ass off. And I'm like, <laughs> and it was like deeply, deeply humiliating. Like I remember being, I think that was like my first time something like publicly embarrassing happening to me. And I was like, I want to die. That is so funny. I always remember the the moms that were like very active in school. Like they would always yeah, be around. Yeah. And I like, I remember thinking when I was in like fifth grade, I was like, I'm really glad my mom doesn't like fuck with the other moms enough to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want her around in school. <laughs> She was like that never the mom so that was like friends with the other moms at school. Funny. That is so funny. <laughs> that was like I forget, like you forget about like how you would see like um like you would see like kids like I don't know, like there was like that thing of like because like, you would obviously see people's moms like when they picked them up from school. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Like, and there was like those, so you would see these moms and like, you'd just get a vibe of like what they looked like in that one moment. But like, it was, I just remember like those parents that were like such a mystery of like, what's Katie's mom like? Like she looks, she wears suits when she picks up Katie. Like, who is she? Like, I always found that yes. like so, so fat, like so fascinating. Yeah. I love that. And, and there were the other moms that were like, I like, you just assume they like worked with the school because they were there so Oh much. my God. Exactly. You know, I don't know. I had a friend, one of my best friends from high school, her mom was the school nurse, which was really sick for us because we would just like go take a nap when we wanted to. <laughs> I fucked with this. Wait, have I talked about my school nurse? Like I was like obsessed with school nurse. Like I had a brief period. Oh. When I went to, so like when we first moved to Vermont, the the first public school I went to was like really terrible. Like the, te- like it was just like not a good vibe. And like, mm-hmm. Also, like, like it was just like the teacher was real. I remember the teacher was really mean. It was also like this weird thing where like they didn't have enough teachers, so they my class was first and second grade. Like it was straight up like it was like an Abbott Elementary shit situation where it was like I think they were like underfunded, so it was like literally like half the class was one age and half the class was the other, and you'd be like taught in alternating things. It was just like a disaster. Okay. And then there was like a huge lice outbreak at the school, like a huge lice outbreak. And like everyone got lice. And my mom was like, absolutely, my parents, I like, my mom says that's not like the, they were already like planning to take me out of the public school, but like they knew we were moving. So it was just basically for like the last half of that year, I went to private school, which was like the only time I've ever gone to private school. I went for like, I think like probably like four or five months. Like it was the second half. There were lice there. There was like less lice (laughs) and like whatever. And so I went to I went to Catholic school for like half of the second grade and like that's it. And um wait, literally why am I telling the story? Because of the wait, what were you just talking about? <laughs> the moms that do or don't fuck with the other Oh, the school the school nurse. Oh, that's what it, okay. And I really didn't like the Catholic school because like I was the new kid like hardcore. Like when you're a new kid in the middle oh, You went to a Catholic school, for half, private school? For half the year. For half the year I went to the Catholic school. Oh, that's a vibe. And it was, and also like being the new kid, not coming in at the beginning of school, like halfway through the year, like you're so viciously the new kid. Like, oh, totally. That's like the beginning of a TV series. It's or like so brutal. Um, I they have you like stand up and introduce yourself in front of the whole class. And I just stuff. remember, like, I don't even remember, like, I don't even remember, like, my first day necessarily, but I remember, like, there being weird things, like, they were just like, cause like I grew up Catholic and then I was like, oh, y'all are really Catholic. Like I was the most like, <laughs> like we were the most like stereotypical, like we went through the motions of Catholicism, but like I literally didn't understand it was real or mattered or was important. I just thought it was like, oh, like a castle my my grandma liked to go to on Sundays. Like I genuinely didn't understand that. <laughs> and then like I got to Catholic school and everyone was like so serious about it. And I just remember like everyone was like, who the <laughs> fuck are you? Like literally you're so random. And then I, um, <laughs> I remember... Um, but the school, <laughs> the school nurse was obsessed with I Love Lucy and she had I Love Lucy shit all over the nurse's office. And I also was obsessed with I Love Lucy because it was one of the TV land shows I would watch in the mornings before my parents woke up because I woke up really early. And so I mm-hmm. used to I used to like claim I was sick and go to the nurse literally multiple times a week, be like, I have a fever. And they'd be like, Miss Jasmine, the teacher who did not like me, um, would be like, okay, like, like Sorry, I just remembered, like, I don't know why, but I said Miss Jasmine's name out loud for the first time in probably, like, 15 years. And just remembered that, like, she told us about how her parakeet died and she was keeping it in the freezer. And that's all I remember. 
<laughs> like she had a dead parakeet in the freezer. Moving on. She told so I, children that? Yeah, like what the fuck? But I would go to the school nurse literally all the time just to talk about I Love Lucy. And I remember the nurse at one point being like, this is not my job. Like you shouldn't be here to like just talk about I Love Lucy. And I was like, I really find I don't like this school. And then I left at the end of the day. I was only there for like- You're my months. best friend here. Sorry. I was like literally, no, she literally was. Like the nurse who I talked to I Love Lucy about, like she was my best friend at Christ the King 100%. <laughs> I don't blame you, honestly. That school sounds like it sucked. I mean, I thought it sucked for the sure. Teachers were keeping dead birds in their freezer. <laughs> like literally, it was so random. Um, <laughs> no, it was a really bizarre time. I don't miss it. <laughs> did you ever go? To, did you go to private school? I did go to private school um, for high school. Oh, okay. Was it Jewish? Yeah. No, I did. Um, or no, for high school and middle school, I went to the same school. And for elementary school, it was a Jewish school, which I guess is private. It was like a different type of, it was like affiliated with the temple. Oh, got like it. It was really right. small. I think there was like 10 kids in my class kind of thing because it's oh, not wow. a lot of Jewish people in Charlotte. <laughs> um, but yeah, so grew up doing, like grew up there and I had like Judaica classes and stuff. We had to like learn Hebrew and stuff, which I think I literally blacked them out that entire time because both my <laughs> siblings remember like the basics of that language and like some of the history stuff we learned. I don't remember any of it, like zero. I, yeah, I was not a good student. Like I like, like <laughs> I can't pay attention in school. Like I couldn't, I like was not like uh, during a lecture, like I'm not paying attention. It's not happening. I'm not retaining any of that information. So I learned very little, honestly. Did you ever go to, did you ever get sent to like detention or anything? Were you like I, a bad kid like that? A kid, like I never like got, I didn't get in like trouble that much, but I would, there was one teacher in the seventh grade, Mrs. Cochran, who would give you, is it like chill to say your teacher's names out loud? She's probably not teaching. This was like a long You time. didn't say the first name. Okay. <laughs> she would give you a detention if you didn't do the homework. Like if you didn't do homework, you got a detention flat out. Um, and I was really bad about doing homework. So I got a couple of detentions from her. Um, do they still do detention? Cause it is kind of like psycho. Like, I think, th I think they do. Yeah. Because it's like, because, like, but the thing about detention is it's like, you miss the bus. So then it's like your parents have to, like, you can't get home. And it's like, right. Like that's, you can't just like do that to a kid. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, was your school, was your school the detention was after school? Yeah, the detention was after school. And then you had to, like, that, um, like arrange for your parents before, to go. Which is even worse because you'd, like, wake up early and just, just sit like, there. I just don't think – And they wouldn't I'm, even let you do your homework or anything, you, I don't think. You couldn't do – oh, yeah, you couldn't do homework in detention. This thing, it's like, what is it preparing you for? The carceral state? Like, what the fuck is detention for? <laughs> I'm actually – wait, I'm getting mad. I'm so anti-detention. It's, it's so person. stupid. It's just, I also went to like, I also think, wait, sorry, I just want to say this. I went through, like, no. I think that we went to school, like, I wonder if it was like, getting, getting, cause you're a little bit younger than me. I wonder if it was like getting better. We went to school, my like age group, I feel like was the peak period of time where teachers were like obsessed with like being like, like proving that their jobs mattered by making school hard and also a psychotic amount of homework. Like, I remember this is not a joke. Like I went to high school. Also, I did not go to like a particularly good high school. Like it was a public school that like I don't think I'm that great of an education. But like I remember like one of the teachers being like, if you want to be getting A's in high school, you should be doing an hour of homework per class per night. That's six hours of homework. After yeah. and it's like, it's like, okay, then sweetie, what am I doing the eight hours I'm at school? Like, I think you need to be doing your job. Like, teachers like <laughs> Like, I just think like homework, I think homework is really crazy. And I think detention, it should be illegal. I think detention is actually fucking psycho. Okay. I had this psychotic thing you just reminded me of. One of the years in high school with one of my classes, I okay. think it was chemistry. They did this thing called a flipped classroom. Do you know what this is? No, but also I just realized my computer's dying. Hold on two seconds. I need to get the charger. Okay. But I'm literally dying to know what a flipped classroom is. <laughs> Yep. Okay, what was a flip classroom? Tell me. Okay, this is the most psychotic thing. Speaking of, you need to do your job. Instead <laughs> of having us, <laughs> instead of having us do the normal way where you do it, where the teacher teaches you, and then you go home and do your homework at night. No, they, I'm like already freaking out. It. 
So you have to teach yourself the lesson at home as your homework. And then you go into class and you do the worksheet that you would normally do for homework. And everybody's just like doing it separately. And you have to like raise your hand and have the teacher come help you instead of the teacher just teaching everyone together. And we all don't like, so you just be like sitting the whole class waiting for the teacher to come answer your individual question because you had to like teach yourself chemistry. I'm sorry, that's like homeschooling like, with a consultant. What are you talking about? Literally. That's fucking psycho. Literally. Oh my God. What? <laughs> and I, I also just remembered this, that the teacher, that specific teacher would always play the song Happy by Pharrell. No, while I don't. We were not a class. <laughs> no, yeah. that's so crazy. That's so crazy. We, I was also talking about this last night because I was hanging out with a friend and the, we should introduce the episode, but I was hanging out with two of my friends and one mm-hmm. of them like works in education. And we were talking, I was talking about how like my, when we were in high school was like pers- the like big, the big thing was like how no child left behind had just was like happened, had, had happened. And like, I guess it was more like middle school and elementary school. And then like it changed in high school because of Obama or whatever. But like, it was like, you used to have to do standardized testing. And if the school didn't score high enough, like, if the school didn't score high enough on standardized testing, which meant that like clearly the students were struggling if you didn't score high enough, your funding was cut, like, as punishment. (laughs) Like, that's how No Child Left Behind worked. So, like, we would have these, like, assemblies where the teachers would be on stage, like, in tears. Guys, do a good job on the test. Like, try really hard. And then, like, I would watch, and, like, kids don't give a fuck, and they would, like, literally, like, write out. (laughs) Like, I remember, like, one time the kid next to me during one of the, and they were all called, like, the, like, I remember one of the tests was called, like, the kneecap. One of them was called, like, the top. They all had these, like, names. I remember, like, Terra Nova was one of the tests, the Terra Novas. I remember, like, during one of them, the kid next to me just drew a guitar. Like, on the Scantron, he just, like, used the bubbles to draw a guitar. And it's like, our school's going to lose its funding, like, because you're drawing a guitar on the Scantron. I was always so jealous of those kids, though, because I was the kid in the corner, like, shaking physically from stress, like, trying to, like, be, like, getting every question right. And then there was, like, this kid next to me. I wasn't even just, like, stressed about like, getting the question zero. right as I was about filling in the bubbles wrong. Like, do you remember how they were, like, if you fill the bubbles in wrong, you will die. Like, we will take you out back and we will execute you for filling in the bubbles wrong. Yes. And I was, they acted like you had to be a good artist in order to, like, do the essay. I know. It was so crazy. The essay, I don't miss any of it. Okay, before we like go down the rabbit hole of SATs and ACTs and AP exams, let's introduce the episode. Um, this is my deep dive for those of you who, like me, are obsessed with astrology. This is a very cathartic talk on astrology, a very fun conversation. Um, you may know this person from their fantastic Instagram, by Astrology. Um, please enjoy me going out with Charmy Taylor. And it's during Sag season. So it's like, it's kind of like astrology is telling us all to be sluts and like have fun. Um, But also, I don't know. Sometimes I want to, I don't know. I I get really hesitant about being like, be fearful of astrology, but also like everybody just shut up. Everybody just shut your freaking faces. You're like this one time be fearful. It's that bad. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not like we're in an eclipse. It's not like we're in Mercury retrograde, but it also is, it is very much like you might say some stuff. So just be quiet. <laughs> I know that was like my, I, I literally just said this, we were recording today's intro for like this for next week's episode. And I was like, I was like, everyone, my one of my good friends who's also really into astrology, she was like, she was like, just be quiet. Like, just keep your mouth shut that day and keep your head down. And I was like, I have two interviews and a stand-up show. Like, oh, the, I, <laughs> like I'm fucked. Like, I'm gonna, I was like, I'm not trying any new material tonight. We are staying tight to chest. Like, I'm really not trying to like fuck shit up. Well, I think also like Gemini is ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of communication, of books, of, of, I want to say learning, but like more like knowledge. It is the planet of communication. And so like, yes, and also being spontaneous. So like, yes, I guess don't try out new stuff maybe, but also like go with the astrology of what's happening. Like it is a time to like be fun, be free, try something new. It's not going to be like detrimental if you say something so wild and crazy, but like going with the astrology of just like, yep, 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 yep. It's fun. That's That's what I need to do here. Yeah, I need to. I need to be having fun and free, being a little free. That's what I need right now, actually. Yeah. I'm telling you, how long is telling us to be sluts? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Okay, that's actually. I'm. I mean, I'll happily do that. Like, we're really in a good place. I'm in a good place to be doing that right now. I think so. Same. I love that. 
What? Okay, gorgeous. How did you get into astrology? Like how long have you been into it? Has it like, how did this, how did this journey start for you? Yeah. So I got into astrology pre-pandemic before everybody else was into it. I was into Gemini (laughs) Rising. Um, No, but I had a friend who was an astrologer who was kind of like just getting into it. And she was like, okay, when's your birthday? And I was like, October 30th. And she's like, shut up. That's my same exact birthday. And she's like- We're both Scorpios. Yeah, we are both Scorpios with a Leo moon, uh, both strong opinions. <laughs> we're very, very strongly opinionated. Um, but she did my entire chart and she started talking to me and she started saying things to me that I never was able to express out loud. Like really, like things that you think to yourself when you're in a kid in your childhood home. And like she was saying this stuff out loud. I was like, what the heck? What type of voodoo voodoo? What is going on? How did she know yeah. this? And she's like, no, no, no. These are things that are important to you based on your houses, based on what's going on. She also said I was going to be famous. I mean, she said I was going to be famous. Um, But yeah, so I was just like, whoa, what is this? I need to know more about this. And it's less about like predicting stuff and more about learning to heal in a way that works for you specifically. And I was like, I'm addicted. I'm hooked. I'm ready. Um, And that was like about three to four years ago. And I've I've been here for the astrology ever since. That's so great. You're you're so good at it. And I like how much joy you bring to it and you make it so fun and funny, but also still like, it's clear that you know it. You're not, you're speaking from a place of knowledge and like studied things, but you're also bringing humor to it in a way that's a really nice and fun balance. Thank you. I, I, I really attest that to my Gemini rising because as a Gemini rising, I love information. I just like, I'm insatiable about information and research. I hate it when people are like, oh yeah, Geminis are just, they're just, I just hate them. It's like, why? Because you have Gemini in your chart at a place that triggers you because it reminds you of your parents. That's why. Like, don't just say stuff just to say stuff. Like, back <laughs> it up. Back it up. So, yeah. Yeah. Totally. How has, as you've gotten more into astrology and like this, like gone down this path, how has that changed like the way you socialize or has it, I guess I should ask how it hasn't changed. Like the way you socialize, the way you go out, you, the way you approach your personal life and your social life. Like how has that shifted? Absolutely. I realized, well, first of all, I always knew I was an extrovert. Um, My sister is very much an introvert, but I always was like, why do I always feel weird? Like, I always feel like the one that's like, yep, 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 always talking. Um, And I, I thought it was just because I'm like, me, like, I'm just loud. Um, But then I realized that like, my social battery um, is charged by being with other people because of my Gemini rising, because of my Leo moon, but also I'm very aware of surroundings and very much like, okay, I don't really, my intuition says you're weird, you're weird, I don't trust you, but I'll talk to you, but I don't trust you um, because I'm a Scorpio. So it's really helped put things in perspective um, and really just like make me really feel like confident going out. Like, okay, I'm going to talk to these people and be social with these people. We'll see if it, if it, if it goes any further. Cause I don't trust you. I don't trust you people. <laughs> totally. That's so fun. I love that. Um, yeah. I feel like astrology for me has been this journey of like, like I just, it's similar, like it's similar to what you said, but I just find it to be such a helpful tool for like introspection and looking at myself and being like, okay, I feel this way about this way, this thing, and this way about this. And sometimes these two aspects of my personality are in conflict and just having the conflict. Like, I think people always are like, people always like, do you believe in it? And I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I need to like, like be proven that like the, the magic of it or the science of it or whatever is like real. I'm like the, the work I do on myself and the way I think about myself and the way I know myself because of it is like, is real. Like objectively that is real. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I think that where it gets dangerous is like, like if I had, like if I had canceled today's interviews and my show tonight because of the full moon, that's a problem. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like a problem, but that's not what I'm doing. But if something goes wrong tonight, I'm like, like, let's say I did something wrong tonight like, let's say I like started a fight tonight. I don't think I'm going to, I don't normally start fights, but like, if I did, it would be helpful for my psyche to be like, okay, there was a lot going on energetically there, like with the moon and stuff, but also like, why did I start a fight? Like it would be a tool. It'd be an entry point for me to do some self-work as opposed to like, I think that context is just helpful. And I think that's something that people don't always understand. No, they, they don't. I, I think people think of astrology like organized religion because 
capitalism. Totally. <laughs> um, especially as somebody that grew up in the church, um, people are like, well, you have to believe. You have to believe in Jesus. You have to believe in the faith. You have to believe. And like, that's the crux of, of a lot of religious uh, propaganda. Um, yeah. And so because of that, we, we apply that to so many different things. Like, oh, do you believe in this thing? Do you believe in astrology? And it's like, people don't say that when it comes to like, research or like science like do you believe in this no it's just it's it, it is what it is we can take from it what it is and apply it to our lives and apply it to stories and put anecdotal information to that but it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not like do you believe in and you like do, like nobody says right that. and also like the stakes are different it's like okay like like this, the stakes are a little bit different. It's like, do you believe it's like, okay, if we're talking like science versus like astrology, it's like, if we're going to like use science to develop a medication that people are going to take to like treat an ailment an ail, I just said ailment, that's not a word, an ailment or an illness. Like, obviously we need to use science and the scientific method to like work that down to like the most effective, safe thing possible that we can use to then like, da, 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 da. Is that necessary for me talking about being a, a Capricorn rising? No, it's literally not. Like, because it's that the, the stakes aren't there. Like, it doesn't need to be. I don't like it's like, and I don't know, people like, I think people view it as like, I like, I, I, I it really, the way it gets like a, it's like a real bee in some people's bonnet. And I'm like, the stakes are not that high. It works for people. It's like, when, especially when people start making money off of it, people get like really mad. And I'm like, I, I just am like, I don't think the stakes are that high. And it's like, let people just fuck with this thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's weird because we, we think about astrology, but we don't, we, we think about astrology in this like weird little vacuum, but really and truly it's astrology under capitalism and the P the way people view it is yeah. through this very strange lens. I'm like, it's not that deep though. It's not that deep. No, like, it's not. Oh, you don't like Pisces. Okay. And like, and what, like, it's not, you're not going to die if you don't like Pisces, like you don't date Pisces. Okay. Who and cares? Also, it's like, it's also like, I don't know, like if someone were to be like, I don't like Pisces, I'd be like, you should probably like a little bit deeper. Like what about people that you think are Pisces do you not like? And if it's like, I don't like someone with emotional, without emotional boundaries, it's like, that's different. Like you can say that oftentimes Pisces don't have emotional boundaries, but like, it's like, it's a stereotyping thing. Like, I don't know. But it also, if you say you don't like Pisces, I'm like, that's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, right, exactly. But it, like, maybe no, look at I don't know. Charts, it's just, but it's not that deep. No, a hundred percent. So for you with astrology, so obviously you have by astrology, you have this Instagram. That's wonderful and so fun. Do you do, are you doing readings for people? Like, what else do you, how are you working with astrology in a day-to-day -day life? Like, I... I have a lot of friends that come to me and they're like, I'm dating this yeah. person. What's going on? Um, but I don't, I don't do read. I just, I don't consider myself an astrologer, just like an astrology in, in, enthusiast. A friend of mine who yeah, was, totally. was like, you're kind of a astrologer. Like you're kind of like a baby astrologer. And I was like, I'll take that compliment. I'll, I'll take that. Um, but day to day, I don't like, I'm not like professionally like getting money from astrology um, in the right. like reading wise, reading wise. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. But I think that's also a kudu that the, even just hearing the way you're talking about astrologers, it's like, cause you take it seriously. You're like, no, I don't, I'm not quite that studied. I'm not that quite at that level to be able to do that. And I think that's really commendable as well. Yeah, because you know what's really messed up is when somebody says something about your chart because they don't know information. There's some, like, that to me is, like, real, real weird. That's when we're getting on weird level. Yeah. Like, if you, like you go to an astrologer and they're like, you're never going to find love based on this. And it's like, wait a second. Let's, 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 let's take a step back. Let's take a yeah, step back on the way in which we talk about people. This is, <laughs> like, it's not that deep, but sometimes it's like, Hold on a second now. It's also happening on TikTok right now. I think it's happening on TikTok right now with like, in like like you said, like astrology under capitalism, where it's like, also for the listener, I promise we're going to start talking about going out. I just really love astrology. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, I think that it's like, there's a need to make content and like put things out there. And so they'll do like, like these videos a lot of times that are like, be like, here's what's coming for like, every Capricorn rising in 2023. And then it's like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, but like, there's a whole other chart to these people. Like you can have, yeah, there's like general stuff, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like you can create a lot, like being like, 
like, I don't know, like all, all like Libra Venuses are going to have really bad love lives in 2023. It's like, I don't think that's how that works. Like, oh, that's spooky. Yuki. I don't, I don't like that at all. And also like, be very mindful. We're in the age of Aquarius. Be very mindful of A, cults. That's a thing. And B, be very mindful of the types of astrologers that you're taking in. If all your astrologers are white, are you good? Like if all your astrologers on your for you page are white, like people maybe like diversify your your readings and diversify who yeah. you're looking at and who you're engaging with a and b make sure that the information comes from like an actual reliable source like i've looked at stuff like that that was like do, like kind of doom scrolly and it's been like yeah like you have a virgo venus your love life is going to be so bad this year so bad and then i look at the person's like bio and it's like 17 i'm like did I just let a 17-year-old like post that crazy. Yeah, no. That's, just be very mindful. Shit's wild. It is. Yeah. Use your intuition. Um, yes, 100%. So are you... Okay, so now to pivot to going out and then we'll we'll tie the two together. <laughs> yes. Are you... Wait, so are you, are you in LA? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's are you time. from LA? No, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm from a small little town in Pennsylvania, which, by the way, is a college town. So, like, I really got my my boots in in going out in this college town, just going ham. Just which college? Ham, Penn State University. <laughs> oh, you're from City College? Or is that State what it's called? College. State College. Yeah. State from College. State College went to Penn State. So, yeah, I'm a partier. Damn, what was that like growing up in State College? That's so interesting. It was really weird because like I said, I'm- Did your family work at the university? Is that why you live there? No. So my mom decided to like, be like, "Eh, I'm spontaneous. I'm going to do something new. I'm going to uproot my family and just like get a, finish my degree. And I was like, go off, like live your, live your best life. Um, So she did that. And she was, education was really important to her. She's a Virgo. Education was extremely important to her. So she was like, I want my kids to go to the best schools, which is great because my brother goes to Ivy League now, which is amazing. Um, But she wanted- that to be a thing. And so going, being a part of state college is really weird. It's a very strange dichotomy of like super religious, conservative, like Trumpers before pre-Trump, like Trumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People. And then um, like a super partying town. So this really strange, like academia meets conservative. It's very weird. Yeah. Full circle, full circle for me. <laughs> That's so crazy. So when did you start partying with like Penn State people? Like how young were you? I wish I could say I was like in middle school, like twerking on tabletops, but no, I was a late bloomer. So it wasn't until I didn't drink until I was 21. So once I was 21, I was like, let's go. And I started, like I studied abroad. I, it was a like, when I tell you I've got stories, I've got stories. (laughs) Where did you study abroad? I first went to London. I went to London town and had the time of my life, came back and then went to Dublin, lived in Dublin for a bit. Oh, nice. So was, why did, what, okay, wait. So growing up in state college, was it, was it weird to like, I don't know. I just feel like it must be weird. Were there places to go that didn't, weren't completely dominated by this, the college or is Penn state really affecting every single part of it? Every single part. There's no part that's not, unless you're in church, but even in church, like, yeah, still professors, like, you know, so it's, yeah. And then what was it like to then go there after having grown up there? Like, what I, is it? Is it? I didn't want to go. go. I was like, I'm not going to be with these, like, these, like, gross, grody college students who are partying all the time. Like, I don't, I'm not doing that. And then I did my. Yeah audition and then I did my tour and I was like I fell in love and it was completely different like completely totally different like two completely different worlds like I was on the outside and then like like once I my freshman year like opened the floodgates and I was on the inside and I was like this is completely different than what I thought it was and I had a ball I had a really great because you were doing the theater program there yes I was doing the theater program yep yeah and so basically once you got involved in that you like you were like, this is different than like the experience I've been having outside of it. Yeah. The theater program, but also just like the camaraderie that comes with going to a state school and just like, I don't know something you're just like, it's very weird. I mean, maybe it's culty, but it's like very weird, like family. It's like a lot of like 
East Coast like moms being like, where are you going for dinner? You going somewhere? No, you're coming to our house. Like, let's yeah, bring out the ZD. I like, love that shit. It, it's, it's very homey. It feels like you are really taken care of by hella, 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 hella people. Like people just, I don't know, they, just, people are just there for you in this way that does not happen in Los Angeles at all whatsoever. Yeah. How long have you lived in LA? For about seven years now. Okay. Was that a hard move? It was hard because it was a cultural shock. Like going to, from like East Coast, like people who are really taking care of you to people that are like, hi, let's go to coffee. What's your resume? What have you been on? What have you done? How many followers do you have? Like, it's really weird. And it's like, you didn't even ask my name. Ask my name. Ask me something about yeah. not like my resume. So it was weird. It was very weird. But now I find my people and they're all gay and we're all cool and we're all fun and we all do all this cool stuff. So now it's cool. But for a second there, it was, it was tough. Well, I think that people are probably interested in hearing like, how did you do that though? Like, what was your process for building a community in a city like that? Because I, I like... In, I feel like it's a little bit easier in New York and like I've always I've heard LA is particularly hard so how yeah I think it's probably easier to make friends in New York than in LA I think that's like generally a thought that people have Wow, wow. I've never lived in LA so I can't say that with like impunity but like I just think that like by nature of like you can't hang out at each other's houses you don't have space in your apartments you're going to bars you're bumping into people I'm not saying it's easy to make friends here but I think it's probably easier than LA yeah I would say that because wow. people in LA don't talk to each other. Like if you're going out, like like yeah. you're going out to the club or you're going out to a bar, or whatever, you're with friends, people won't cross contaminate. Like I remember on the East Coast, like, yeah. I'd be at like a bar in like State College or a bar wherever on the East Coast. And people would be like, hey, oh my God, I love your shirt. Like, oh, let's talk. Oh my God. Like, what's your zodiac sign? What's this? What's that? Like they'd be talking. Here people do not talk to each other. You'll just be in a clump 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 and nobody talks it's like very weird it's very strange but me personally with community like a lot of like jobs that I had I'd like custom pick out people like you're dope you're dope you're dope you're gay and I don't know I'm gay yet but something about you I like friends and I don't know why I really want to be your friend but we're gonna be friends um but I would like custom like pick out different people uh particularly like people that I worked with or lived with but people I worked with um and and I would just be friends with them totally um so yeah and I have a Leo moon and I'm a Gemini rising so I just I'm very talkative and I don't care like yeah if I see people that I'm like oh you have a good energy I'm gonna walk up to you in a bar and be like hey let's talk so yeah. Totally. Wait, I just, a question just came up and I don't know if this is a thing and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I'm just, I have never thought about this before. Are there like placements or signs or I guess just like placements that are more proclivity to like queerness? Like what are they? So it's less to do with your sun sign because this is, we're far beyond sun sign astrology. Now we're talking about like houses. We're talking about um, Uranus, which is like sort of this planet of um, like breaking down structures, breaking down norms, breaking down things that don't really. So that is uh, what rules like Aquarius. So like looking at Aquarius, like I, I don't want to give too much tea, but let's just say somebody that I used to see uh, has Aquarius in their seventh house. Your seventh house is your house of marriage, long contracts, like someone you're going to be with for a long time. And in her okay. chart, it was ruled by Aquarius. And I was like, interesting. I was like, are you polyamorous? And she was just like, no, I'm not poly, but I'm definitely the type of person that like, I can't just be with one person, like sleeping with one person. I need to like, (laughs) and I was like, yes, go off. Like, I love this. And so I definitely think like where Aquarius falls in your chart will tell you a lot. Like it makes sense. The house, seventh house of marriage and contracts, right? Seventh house like ruled by Aquarius, like breaking down structures, she's not going to have an average typical marriage. And I think that's really cool. That's so interesting. So you think Aquarius lends itself more to queerness than other signs? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Based on where it is in your chart. I'm not saying like if you're Aquarius, like you're not like walking around as Harry Styles, like with being queer. (laughs) That's a whole other conversation that I have lots of thoughts of. Um, But anyway, it's not your sun sign stuff. This is like, this is deep. Like we're starting to get into like houses and like degree theory type stuff. Yeah. The degrees is something I know nothing about. I don't know what the degrees are or how they work. (laughs) 
basically it's just like based on the degrees it's it will mean certain things in your chart it's like nitty-gritty it's like this is fine to like detail-oriented stuff um yeah i'm learning so i don't know all of it either <laughs> totally do you mostly do it through books and stuff like that or through like yeah i have a lot i'm like looking at a book right now that i think is incredible actually two books Actually, three books. Anyways, uh, Gemini Rising. So I have Astrology for Real Relationships by Jessica Lignato. She's a triple Capricorn, incredible person, has a great podcast. Love her work. She's really great at like breaking it down and being like very Capricornian about it. Like this means this, that means that. This is that, yeah. this is that. Love that. Um, there's also a lot of like cool, like queer black astrologers that I follow. And I really try to like make sure that those are the people that I'm getting my information from because the astrology is going to say, say the same regardless, but the lens yeah. at which it's said and the lens at which it's, it's looked at is going to change based on the person. So if it's totally. an astrology from like a white man's perspective, like it's not going to be in my opinion, Wait, drop their um, names. I want people to follow them. Like the black queer astrologers you like. Yeah. So I Jade is incredible. She's on Twitter. She's has a Patreon subscribed. It's like seven 99 like her stuff, degree theory. Like she goes live. I Jade incredible. She does scissors chart. Like chart. I, the letter I, and then Jade. I J A D A A. I don't know. I Jade on, uh, I will give you the information and you can put it in the description. Cause I'm okay, not perfect, good at stuff. But I Jade is incredible. Um, Tarot by Bronx, another queer astrologer. They're non-binary. They're incredible. They have very, very beautiful, beautiful work. Um, that's another person that I love. Another queer astrologer who's not black, but a queer astrologer. Um, Chani is incredible. Um, incredible. Like, like truly iconic on the internet, but just like really good, like sustainable, like just, just good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of other people that I follow. Um, there's a couple of like YouTube girlies that I really love as well that I can't think of the name of, but I really, really love them. But yeah, I'm like all about the word here, astrology. Yeah, I think that's so important because it does get so co-opted into like a white space. And especially if you're doing stuff on TikTok or Instagram, like the algorithm will just corral that to that, I feel like. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... We had a lot of partying going on in back at Penn State. What did you, are you going out in LA? How is the LA scene for you? Yeah, I'm in my slut era, so I'm going out quite a, quite a bit. Um, God bless. God bless, honestly. God bless. Um, I, this summer, I like chilled a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do too much. I'm going to like really yeah. focus on romantic friendships and really like going on dates with my friends. And then now it's cuffing season and I'm like, I'm trying to get booed the freak up. Um, so oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the club scene in LA is quite interesting. Um, especially cause it's like, now I'm like, I used to like be doing like the, the straight girl thing. Um, and I no longer am cosplaying as a straight girl. So now I'm going out and going to like <laughs> queer clubs and queer like hole in the wall places that nobody knows about. Well, people know about it, um, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun time. I love it. That's so great. Are the, what's like a, what's like an ideal night out for you? Are we doing like restaurants? Are you just straight to the club? Like, are you wanting a short night, late night? So I perfected my personal algorithm for going out, for having a good night uh, in college. So you start at somebody's house. You have to do a pregame because LA is expensive as I don't know what. So you have to do a pregame. You hit a house party, right? Yeah. That's your first stop at around 9, 9.30, 10, 10.30. So that's what you're doing. And <laughs> then and then you're like, okay, figuring out your Ubering. You're like, okay, what's the Uber situation? Are we going to go to West Hollywood? Absolutely freaking not. Unless you want to have a horrible <laughs> night. <laughs> Unless you want to have the worst night of your life. Go out to West Hollywood. You want to have a bad night? Go to West WeHo. Um, and so we're like trying to decide, okay, where we're going to go. By that point, it's probably around 11. You hit the club. And that's when you're you're twerking on tabletops. It's great. And then by that what? point, you're so like lit. You don't need too much to drink. And it's 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 frugal. I love a good frugal night. Yeah. What... Um what are the neighborhoods you are liking if we're anti-WeHo? We are very anti-WeHo. I love a good, like, Hollywood situation. I love a good... 
I'm trying to think. I went to something called Hood Rave for Halloween. That was fun. It was just like a party in a warehouse. Um, and it was just like so queer and so black and just so sexy. It was so, it was so much fun. Um, so that was in downtown LA. Downtown has some good spots too. I would say downtown Hollywood um, and not anything too far west. Or I'm on the east side. So like Los Feliz area is fun. If you want like a chill night, you could do like a Los Feliz area. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. It is like, I don't know, it's so interesting talking to people within, in like LA because it it is like, you. it sounds like you just kind of have to pick one area to go to and like that's your area. Where in like, yes. Yeah. And you I th- absolutely do. A very different vibe than New York, I think, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're not hitting up multiple spots. You're sticking to one spot because Ubers get expensive and LA is so spread yeah. out. It's so spread out. It's so spread out. What drew you to LA as opposed to New York when you like what what was the LA draw the weather? Uh no, actually. I just kind of that's just been like an added bonus. I came to LA cuz I uh you know, I I have a Leo moon. I was like I want to be in front of the camera. Uh I want to do writing, acting, directing. I want to do all of that stuff and totally. like, LA is is where it's at and um yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing out in LA. So yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Have you, do you, is, have you ever worked in the service industry? Like in restaurants and bars? I worked at Luca de Beppo on City Road. That's where dreams go to die. What was it like? Tell me, Ev. I love that. It was awful. Like, truly. What, what were you doing there? Serving? So I was a host. I was a, okay. a little host with my little bow tie and everything. Um, it was disgusting. First of all, people, <laughs> the service industry is so nasty because there's so many things you see behind the scenes. First of all, that place stunk every morning, like mold. I don't know. <sighs> OSHA, OSHA, somebody call the police. Somebody, somebody needs to check up on that because that place is disgusting. Um, it was gross. And um, yeah, I was a host and it was just a bunch of like really gross, like horny dudes being like, smile more you're gonna look prettier if you smile i'm like who what what's going on um yeah it was truly awful so yes that was my i, I want to say i wish that was my first and last uh but i also worked at starbucks i had a little starbucks uh era too uh but that was it because i was like i, I can't do this anymore I-, I can't yeah it's not a glamorous life and those are two pretty harrowing i mean the buca de beppo on city walk that's really something and I think a lot of people like don't have control in their like daily lives. So this is their one moment to be like, shut up and sit down, you hostess woman. And it's awful. 100%. 100%. It's so true. Um, what like, so what, um, wait, sorry, my brain just fully turned off for a second. <laughs> um, has like, what are, when we're going out on a night out, like, what are we drinking? Like, what is the, what it, if we love a pregame, like, what's the cocktail of choice? I'm a tequila girly, personally. I love a good tequila. Okay. I love a good Casamigos. Or is it Casamigos? Yeah. Um, I love a good, I love a good tequila situation. Yeah. Absolutely. But not straight, straight sauce. I'm not, like, chugging them down like that. Unless it's a wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would, like, chase it with, like, pineapple and mango and like a fruity tropical situation. Okay. I love that. Um, wait, I want to play a game. Can I tell you my big three and then you one, tell me what you think of it. And then also, yes. Yeah. Wait, let's do it. Okay. Wait. Okay. So I'm a Scorpio sun. (sighs) I love that. That's so Uh, so hot. (laughs) An Aquarius moon and a Capricorn rising. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So are we playing a game or am I just reading your, your chart? Well, I was going to say, okay. I would just give me your vibes and your readings. And then I think at the end, I want you to then decide what that cocktail is. Like if I have, if that, if my big three is a cocktail, what is it? Okay. So you are a Scorpio sun, which means you're very, you walk into the room and you're like, what are the vibes? What are the vibes? Like really very much people probably see you unfortunately as very like distant. You you probably are extremely warm, but it might 
you maybe, I don't know if this is true, uh, you might get people being like, I thought you were going to be really mean when I first met you, but like, you're actually like, really <laughs> sweet and really nice. Um, intimidating vibes for sure. Scorpios give off like really uber, like sexy, sexy vibes. Um, so there's that. And then you said Aquarius moon. <laughs> you're yeah. just quietly like, mm-hmm. So Aquarius I'm excited moon. to hear well, Aquarius moon, so your moon sign is your emotional state. That's like your emotional, like how you deal with emotions and how you process emotions. And Aquarius is like very much like, I don't have emotions. There's no emotions involved in this situation. I don't, who cares? I don't have them, but we all have them. So they're just all like bottled up inside of you and you're just like not dealing with them. The reason why I know this intimately is because my mom's an Aquarius moon. And I was like, oh, that puts so much in perspective. Like I thought it was yeah. me, it's not me, it's her Aquarius moon. She's just like a very distant person. Um, and then what's your yeah. rising? Capricorn, right? You're, you're yeah. Capricorn rising? You're about yeah. that money. You are about <laughs> that money. You're like, let's let's see the contract first. How much you paying? How much are you paying? Yeah. I need to get paid. You're about that bag. I love that. Um, yeah. So cocktail. We need a distant, sexy, luxurious cocktail. What's distant? I feel like that's like 1942 or so, like it's it, I, it, something like oh. very like I'm the baddest, most mysterious, like luxurious bitch in the room. What would that be? What's something that's super expensive? I mean, 1942 is a nice, like, like you're you're saying like a high end tequila neat. High end, high end, luxurious, like, like it's the most expensive thing on the on the menu. Wow. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I definitely, the Aquarius thing, I definitely am, that's my current journey is being like, you have to actually feel emotions and I'm actually sorry bad at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) That's so, like, what are you doing to feel emotions? Are you journaling? Like, what are you doing to get in touch? It's more that it's not, I guess it's more that for the, for the first time in a while, I'm having a lot of emotions come up. And historically I would be like, nope, bottle those up. Nope. Push them. Like, uh, like I was saying to someone the other day, I've, I've often thought that my power in life is my ability to control my emotions. Um, like I'm able to be successful. Well, yeah, that was kind of my friend's reaction where they were like, or you could learn to feel your emotions and that would be empowering. And I was like, that's probably healthier. So it's, it's more, I'm currently right now trying to be comfortable feeling my feelings and not like shutting that down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. Wait, so then you're a, you're Gemini rising Leo moon Scorpio sun. So what's your, what cocktail are you? I want something frisky and fun and spontaneous. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to have until I get to the bar kind of situation. Uh, I'm very much like, let's be the life of the party. Let's dance on tabletops so everybody else can dance on tabletops. Let's, let's do something fun. Let's, let's make out with some random person, which I did a lot. Yeah. More now that I'm a grown up, I'm like, y'all are disgusting. Um, But um, yeah, I'm very much that vibe. So I guess, I mean, I did say what my cocktail choice is, uh, but yeah, I like something frisky, free, fun. Yeah. Like a, like a little margarita. Ooh, I love a good margarita, like a strawberry margarita like a, or a tropical. Oh, that's margarita. fun. That's fun. Okay. Wait, another question I have is what is, so you, you were mentioning earlier, like that you're like, you're not, or like that we're past sun sign astrology, like that we're looking at the big picture. Yes. What is the like, what is the like placement that you think is like the most undervalued in terms of its importance? Like what is the thing that people don't pay attention to that you're like, no, you need to be looking at where your this is. So the, the sign that is the most undervalued or like, no, like not the sign, like the most, like you're like, like people should really pay attention to where like their Venus is or where they're like, What's oh. in their fourth house? Like, what is the placement or aspect that you think is like the a, a thing that's really important in people's charts that people aren't paying enough attention to? I am such a Scorpio, and I like the deep wounds. And so, this is an asteroid. It's called Chiron, and this is your deepest wound. Your deepest wound in your chart will tell you a lot. So, mine. I now I don't want to tell you because I'm like <laughs> Scorpio. I'm like people can use this against me. I'm so paranoid. But mine personally is Leo. So feeling Wait, like same. Not- what? I'm a Scorpio with my Chiron and Leo. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Look at us just like healing. Um, yeah. So Chiron is just like that asteroid that's going to tell you your deepest wound. So Leo is like feeling like you're not seen or not heard or not validated, which is like really tough. Uh, but I found that there's other like celebrities that have that same placement according to Astro Themes. So I don't know if this is true, but it's like Demi Lovato and like Selena Gomez. I don't know if this is actually true uh, and or accurate at all whatsoever, but it makes sense to me because it's like people who feel like they, they are not seen and heard in the way that they want to, but yet put on, put in the spotlight. Um, but yeah, Chiron for sure. I think people are not paying enough attention to. And I think people's Mercury as well. We, we talk a lot about like Venus signs, which we love because it's dating and sun signs and um, all that other stuff. But I feel like people don't talk about the way that they talk. Um, yeah, the way you talk and the way you communicate to other people is really helpful in understanding. And the way that you, your Mars sign, that, that when I want to like freak somebody, <laughs> that's the first thing I'm like, immediately I'm like, what's your Mars sign? Because that's like the way you fight and fuck. And I just think your Mars as a Scorpio, like, that to me tells me so much about how you're going to handle this situation. Like it just, it tells me a little bit too much information. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> that makes total sense. Those are all so interesting. Yeah. I feel like people don't understand how much that there is to like kind of look into. And it's so fun to get into like the nitty gritty yeah. of it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite of the apps? Are you a Channy girl? I am a Chani girl. I use Chani every morning to meditate. Uh, I love Chani. Um, that's probably the only app. I'm trying to think on my phone. Like, what do I have? Chani is uh, my number one for sure. Chani is really good. I really like Chani. Um, I think that like, I do, yeah, because it's just important to like have, do you have your full chart memorized or like, do you? Um, I, yeah, I have pretty much my entire chart memorized and I'm working on like memorizing my houses and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, it's, I, I'm constantly like, wait, which one's where? What? Like, it's just, it's hard, but I get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then you get to a point where you start rem memorizing your friend's charts as well. So you're like, oh, my friend totally. has this Mercury. So sometimes when she talks, she just like goes off in tangents and she's going to tell the story because she's a Pisces Mercury. She's going to tell the story that has nothing to do with the point, but just like smile and nod. And that, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has it been, did you like, I, I thought it was really interesting what you said um, about like using, I've, I guess this isn't a question I just wanted to say before we wrap up. Like, I think it's really interesting what you were saying about like realizing with your mom's having an, your mom having an Aquarius moon, like when you find out those things, it can like help you contextualize something you've struggled with in the past. Be like, oh, now I get that. Yes. Like I thought, I mean, we don't need to do a therapy session, but I really thought I was like, I don't know. Like I thought I was weird and my mom thought I was weird and like too emotional. Like my, that's my mom's like number one thing. She's like, you're too emotional. You're doing too many emotions. Yeah. There's too much going on. And I'm like, my emotions are my superpowers. That's how my intuition works. Like, that's how I, like, that's how I lead. And she'd be like, no, like you need to have a plan of action, Virgo son. You need to have a plan of action and take the emotions out of it. Take the emotion, take them out. I mean, that's me to a T. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? What is that? And I, and I, I thought it was me. I thought it was a fault of me. And then she was like, wait, I want to do my chart. I'm like this Christian, like super evangelical woman was like, I want to do my chart too. And I was like, okay. And so I read it and I'm like, she has an Aquarius freaking moon. It had nothing to do with me. My entire childhood. I, was like, <laughs> I thought I was just like this emotional, like wailing, crying person. It's like, no, for her emotions are uncomfortable for her. And she was yeah. to me. And I thought it was me. It had nothing to do with me. It was her the whole time. Um, See, I'm not like that. Just to be really clear. I don't project it onto other people, but that's just how I feel about myself. <laughs> well, yeah, she's like old school. We're talking like old school totally. like, situation. Totally. Like, so it's a little different, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been so, so fun. I end all my interviews by us planning our night out together. Ooh. And I, can I make a pitch? Yeah, yeah, pitch. I think we should do a cocktail bar because I want to sit down and just really go over our charts. Yes. So I need, I, I want that. some nice drinks and I want some good convo and I want to be able to hear you and I want to be able to sit. Yes. I think 
honestly, since we're like pitching things and this might not exist and I, it should exist, I feel like there should be like an ast- like astrology themed like mixology bar. And like, I feel like that would be really- That's got to exist already. It's got to. I feel like that has to exist already. Like the bartender's got to be like an astrologer and you're just like, okay, I've got a Leo moon. They're like, perfect. Let's freaking go. Um, yeah. yeah. I would love that. Okay, Gorge. So we'll do, we'll meet up, we'll get drinks, we'll go over our charts and then we'll draft the business plan for this bar. Yes. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Thank it. you so much for doing the show. Thank you for having me on. This is so much fun. I love talking this about this. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seasai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to Vinepair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. <laughs>